my god, you're alive. I am. I'm not going to talk about it too much on here because people don't care. They saw the title of the episode and they came for it. But uh, I was stuck in Denver for four extra days that I did not intend to be in Denver. And uh, I I was offered a cot in the airport and uh, never fly United Airlines. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And think about it. Like, you all should be angry because this episode wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Yeah. That was the other thing. It's like I was... Uh, delayed 12 times and then my flight got canceled and then my rebooked flight for the next day got canceled and then uh, the next flight got delayed so I was like hey are we even gonna be able to record this Um, so it is a miracle that we are here today because I did want to record episode 300 because it's a big you were so excited and you've worked so hard on it I have yes and if you are just tuning in and didn't look at the episode first of all love that for you second of all um we're talking about john wayne gacy yes and it by we one. Yes. we mean that's Haley. Haley is Hi. the one that survived united mm-hmm. i'm caitlin Hi. i just sat at home and watched and, and made funny what? memes about it if this is episode 300 this is a big deal you know what i'm gonna do for this episode what i'm gonna turn off my fucking air conditioner oh yeah i guess that would be good you know what i'm gonna do what? Oh, crack, crack open, open a cold, cold one, one with my girl. Yeah, <laughs> a nice cold. No, no jugs of simply lemonade today. Um, or what? I don't did have, I have anything to crack open. Punch? I have a uh, a thermos of water. No, but it's a very cute thermos. It's gold. Um, it says bride on it. I haven't been a bride, bride in several years. You, you were you you are no. You will perpetually be a bride. You were a bride, and you will always be a bride. Okay, good. Um, you're like the bride of Christ or some shit. What? I don't know. I don't know. Catholic school. This All is right. crime culture, this by is. the way. And we're we're talking just about John Wayne Gacy, and we're unhinged, and so is he. Yes. Tell uh, them what is, they've won. This is going to be a part. There's going to be two. I'm going to say two parts. I think yeah. I can get this over with in two parts. Um, yeah, we'll go with the flow. Yeah. So we're going to talk... Life's too short. Sorry. Love yeah. <laughs> we're going to talk about... Um, I don't want to get, like, too in the weeds with John Wayne Gacy as a person, because fuck that guy. Yeah, he wasn't a person. Yeah. Um, but in this episode, we're going to talk about kind of his early life, career, uh, marriages... Um, oh my god multiple people yeah you see if you ever thought that you couldn't be loved guess what john wayne gacy was married twice um but what if they're single Haley? that's not nice no if if anybody listening if any of our lovely listeners is like oh i will never find somebody be like yes you can you can because even a murderer of 33 people was married twice that's right it is not pathetic that you can't find love and john wayne gacy found it twice yeah I mean, I always you're going to find it, too. I would say that the weirdos always match up first. So let them have their fun and match up with each We're other. The then, yeah. We're the weirdos. We're the weirdos. And then uh, and then you find your right person once everybody yeah. else is weeded out. But yeah, before all that, we're going to talk about the very, very beginning. John Wayne Gacy was born March 17th, 1942 in Chicago, Illinois, uh, he's the second of three children. Both of his si- siblings are sisters, Joanne and Karen. 
Uh, his family was relatively middle class. His mother, Marion Elaine Gacy, was a homemaker, and his father, John Stanley Gacy, was an auto repair mechanic and World War I veteran. Um, I also good, read... Good I read in some articles that um, the father's name was John Wayne Gacy Sr., but I looked I've up... i heard this. Yes, I looked up the obituary and the grave, and uh, it says Stanley... On both of them. So I'm just going to say his name's John Sr. I don't know. Some articles go all over the place. I think I think John Wayne Gacy got his name from like the cowboy, like John Wayne. So That makes sense. Uh, yeah, I think he named him another, after that. Another person just that existed. Ugh. Yeah. I'm not unpleasant. saying that John Wayne was as bad as John Wayne Gacy, but he wasn't great. No, unpleasant. Yes. Um. So, John Sr. was <laughs> also not a great dude. He was a violent alcoholic great. who would beat his children with a razor strop. I think that's the thing <gasps> that the thing that you like you sharpen, sharpen the blade razor on. with. Holy shit! That's worse than a belt. Yeah, they show it in Sweeney Todd a lot. So yes, they if do. You don't know what it is then. Yeah. Josh Groban, please give us tickets. Yes, please, please. Um, yeah. So he would beat them with that if they if he thought that they were misbehaving, and also children That's misbehave so constantly. Uh, They're why beat children. Them with, yeah, of course. Um, he was also verbally abusive, and he would frequently belittle his only son, particularly for his close relationship with his mother, who would often try to protect him from the abuse. So. We're getting some uh, daddy issues right up top. Great. Great, uh, great, great. And yeah, and despite the abuse, Gacy sought his father's approval, but felt that he was never really good enough in his father's eyes. Uh, he fought for his father's approval until the day his father died. And you know what? That really sucks. Doesn't give you a free pass to kill people. Just doesn't. No. Doesn't give you a free no. pass to kill people, but also uh, if somebody in your family is so violently ostracizing you, maybe you don't need to have them in your life. Just because your family doesn't mean you have to be close. You don't have to be in their life. They don't exactly. have to be in your life. Family is nice, but you can make your own. Exactly. Um. Yeah, and here's also a not fun part. Sexual abuse in different forms began very young for Gacy. When he was about seven in 1949, allegations came forward that he was caught with another boy fondling a young girl and his father beat him for it. Later that year, a contractor family friend would begin molesting Gacy in his truck on occasion. Gacy never told his father because he believed that he would be blamed for it, which is absolutely horrible. But a um, common tactic of yeah. pedophiles. Yeah. Not uh, there, true. But also, like, like Gacy's father beat him for, like, quote-unquote misbehaving, whatever that means. Breathing, so, probably. Yeah. And for his close relationship with his mother. Like, do you really think if he came forward and said what was happening to him, that his father would, one, believe him, or two, care? So honestly, yeah. I get I get from him not that doesn't mean you shouldn't come forward to anybody, but um, just well, find the and, right person for it. And, you know, there's a lot of like John Wayne Gacy was a shitty person. But at this moment, we're talking about a child. Yeah. And he hasn't done you know, anything wrong just, yet. 
yeah, there is no, you know, there are a variety of reasons why somebody may not be able to bring themselves to come tell and tell somebody. Yeah, he, and, I mean, he's grown up through abuse, so he's already got some trauma from that and like experiencing a household where at least one parental figure doesn't seem to give a shit about you. Yeah. Well, and I I did a quick search just now and according to Cambridge University in 2018, the percentage of sexual child sexual abusers 35% of them were victims themselves. Yeah. Like it's it's a thing where it's like a sign if a child is behaving not an excuse sexually. obviously needs no to but be, I'm saying this is, this is seems to be a cycle that needs to be corrected by yes. us as a society yes and what I'm getting at is it's they're also like it's that is on the adults as well because there there are signs of being sexually abused as a child and you can't tell me that nobody would have known that this child was abused how many times like by i mean by how many different people uh well he was accused of uh doing some type of unfavorable sexual contact with a, another young person but then he was also himself abused by a family friend so it was one family friend that's what i read okay um because like it's just it's one of those things where I'm sorry, like, I think some of the onus is on, and it's not even necessarily the parents, like, just nobody, nobody can, like, see, hey, this kid's got, like, a rough time. Yeah. But like, what's interesting is, like, so this person was, um, I'm going to assume male. It, I don't know if it said it's, if it stated it anywhere mm -hmm. specifically, but it was an adult contractor family friend. Yeah. Um, and that and could then, also be a woman. It could be, but I believe... Chances are low. Yeah, I believe it was a man in this situation, but because later on, um, there are accounts in one of the books that I'm going to mention later about the teenage daughter of one of Gacy's mother's friends who reportedly undressed and played with Gacy between the ages of 6 and 10. So <gasps> he's got adult male abuse and yeah, uh, and teenage girl abuse yeah. as, at and, a young age. Let's be so, real. Like the teenage girl knew better. You, were oh, you doing that shit as a teenager? Like, no, come this on. is totally come fucked on. up. Uh, totally abuse, no matter which way you spin it. But um, whether or not all of this is true, or if Gacy um, embellished true. as he once he was caught, because he did a lot of talking once he was caught. Um, Gacy surely endured many forms of abuse in his childhood that would lay the groundwork for his mental state moving forward. So that's kind of like the base level of where we're at. Yeah. Um, another thing that he didn't really have going for him, if you've ever seen any pictures of John Wayne Gacy, you're going to see he oh. was overweight. Um, oh, I thought you were just going to say ugly. Yeah, I mean, not, I mean, yeah, he was pretty I, overweight. I only remember, like, the clown photos and that one, like, not headshot, but you know what the, I mean, the... Uh, the Mugshot. Thank you. Yes, yes, that's the one. Tell me, you did theater. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so... This uh, weight issue started in his childhood and it plagued him throughout his life and made him the target for childhood bullies. Uh, he was also largely uncoordinated and diagnosed with a heart condition, which rendered him unable to play sports with other kids his age, even further ostracizing him. Mm -hmm. During the fourth grade, Gacy began to experience blackouts. 
He was hospitalized several times due to these episodes and also in 1957 for a burst appendix. His father suspected that these episodes were an effort to gain sympathy and attention and openly accused his son of faking the condition as Gacy lay in a hospital bed. What is it with abusers being like you're faking it? Exactly. Um, Although his mother, sisters, and a few close friends never doubted his illness, Gacy's medical condition was never actually conclusively diagnosed. Regardless, Gacy later estimated that between the ages of 14 and 18, he had spent almost a year in the hospital and attributed the decline of his grades to missing school. He would later drop out of high school. He went to four different high schools for senior year and then was just like, fuck it, it's not for me. Which, Mm -hmm. totally valid, school doesn't have to be for you. Yep. Um, But after dropping out of high school, Gacy moved to Las Vegas with $136 in his pocket. Didn't really... I don't think it was, like, really voluntary. I think there was... um, in one of the books I read, he got in, like, this huge fight with his father, and his father basically, like, kicked him out and said, like, do not come home. So Shit. he moved on to Vegas. Um, he hoped to stay with a cousin who had moved there previously while also sleeping in motels and in his car. He got a job with the city's ambulance service before getting a part-time job as a janitor at a funeral home. He was Mm -hmm. not making a ton of money and was really unhappy in Vegas. So after three months, he made enough money to go back to Chicago. Like he contacted his family and was like, can I come home? And his family was like, yeah, sure. Um, Once he got back home, he enrolled in a business college where his skills for sales really shined. After graduating, he got a position as a management trainee for the Nunbush Shoe Company and quickly rose through the ranks. He was terror. He was transferred to a men's clothing outlet in Springfield, Illinois, and became an active member in the community as a chairman of the Cairo Club, a board member for the Catholic Interclub Council, and most notably an officer for the JCs, eventually becoming the vice president and named man of the year. Okay. So very big gregarious guy. I think um, if, if he... If he had lived long enough and wanted to go into a dark role, probably um, Chris Farley. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I think I mentioned that when I said the who would we cast. I think, I think you did too. I think I said Jim O'Hare and Chris Farley. Yes. I think I, that rings a bell. If you yeah. haven't said it on the mic, you've definitely said it to me. <laughs> yes. Um, so in September 1964, Gacy met and married a co-worker named Marilyn Myers, whose parents owned a string of Kentucky Fried Chicken fast food restaurant franchises in Waterloo, Iowa. Hmm. Fred W. Myers, Gacy's new father-in-law, offered him a position with one of his franchises. Soon after that, Gacy and his new wife moved to Iowa, and things were going really well. Gacy okay. began working for his father-in-law, learning the business from the ground up. On average, he worked for 12 hours a day, yet it was not uncommon for him to work 14 or more hours in a day. He was enthusiastic and eager to learn, and he hoped of taking over a string of fast food restaurants one day. He continued to be very active in the JCs, which I think is like just like a dude club. Like, I never really understood what exactly it is. Uh, yeah, I've never heard of it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, are they defunct now? I, I don't know. I mean, they um, could be. Yeah, but he was very active. There were, like, different chapters, like, all over the country. That's what I was going to say. They might be, like, a Knights of Columbus. Yes, type thing, right? Or, like, a, what are they, the Moose? The Elks? Yeah. Yeah, There's some kind of a a horned, they're horny men. (laughs) They're horned club. (laughs) 
but yeah, so the JCs are going to come up several times, but um, during the beginning of uh, of his time with the JCs in Waterloo, he was very, very active. Charlie Hill, who was a JC volunteer and knew Gacy really well, said, quote, he wanted to be very successful. He wanted to be recognized by his peers. He was always working on some project and he was devoted to the JCs. The club was his whole life, end quote. It sounds like an adult man's uh, fraternity. That's what I was about to say. It sounds right? like a fraternity. Yeah. yeah. Um, however, Gacy managed to find uh, some time with his wife when not working for his father-in-law or doing volunteer work. Marilyn gave birth to a boy shortly after their move to Iowa, and quickly a daughter joined the family. And things were going pretty well for the Gacy family. Huh. I didn't know he had kids. Yes. And uh, stepchildren shit which we'll get to um so things were going great but we all know that that's not where this is gonna Mm -hmm. land so rumors began swirling within the jc's about gacy's sexual preferences there Mm. always seemed to be young boys around him and sometimes uh he made passes at boys who came into the kfc not super profesh not super sexy you're gonna hit on people in a kfc not cute um, it was all like, just rumors ew. until May 1968 when Gacy was indicted by a grand jury in Black Hawk County for allegedly committing an act of sodomy with a 15-year-old boy. Um, some places use the name Mark Miller for this boy. Others, Donald Voorhees. Um, I believe uh, Voorhees was the son of a fellow JC. And I don't know if the articles that say the name Mark Miller are using that as a pseudonym. So I'm gonna refer. I'm gonna refer to him, the the boy that uh, was the victim of this crime as the boy, because there's okay. going to be another ambiguously named person later on. So okay. the boy told the courts that Gacy had tricked him into being tied up while visiting Gacy's home a year earlier, and that he had violently raped him. Gacy denied all the charges against him and told a conflicting story stating that the boy willingly had sexual relations with him in order to earn extra money. Doesn't make it legal. Does not make it legal. He is 15 years old. Sure. Sure. Yeah. We're going to listen to the perpetrator on this. Although we're talking about Iowa. I don't know what the age of consent is in Iowa or what it was then. Yeah. 1968 in Iowa. I don't know. Uh, That's kind of gross. Either way. Either way. Even if it was legal, like that doesn't make it. Yeah. If the, person who this happened to says it wasn't consensual then guess what it's not consensual there it is yeah so gacy further insisted that jc members opposed to him becoming president of the local chapter organization were setting him up and that's why i think that the name donald Voorhees is correct because that was another jc member so they might have just used the son of uh another member um as a setup i don't think that that is true i don't think that this is a setup i believe what this boy is saying uh-huh 100 because um, even even if he was using the excuse like oh they're trying to set me up this is a boy of a person that he is close with so that means he would have access to this young boy mm-hmm. so uh, mm-hmm. this story yeah the story could it's, be legit so it, it it's it's reading legit it's also kind of sounding like his like history repeating itself like his childhood yeah kind of and uh the part about um gacy tying up the boy is going to come back frequently in this story 
Hate because uh, seemed to be a little bit of an MO. That's going to be a no from me, dog. Yeah. Um, so, however, these were not the only charges that Gacy would have to face because four months later, Gacy was charged with hiring an 18-year-old boy. Um, some articles said it was one of his employees to beat up his accuser. So, like I said, um, what the the, fuck? The, yes, right. The victim I'm going to be referring to as the boy, the boy he hired uh, is either referred to as Russell, Russell Schroeder or Dwight Anderson in various different articles. I'm going to call him the teen. So he what hired the, the teen fuck? to beat up the boy. What the Ga- fuck? Yes. Gacy offered the teen $10 plus $300 more to pay off his car loan if he carried out the beating. What the fuck? Yeah. So it was witness intimidation. The teen lured the boy into his car and drove him to a wooded area where he sprayed mace in his eyes and began to beat him. The boy fought back and broke the teen's nose and managed to break away and run to safety. Soon after, the boy called the police and the teen was picked up and taken to police custody where he sang like a fucking bird and gave Casey's name immediately as the man who had uh, hired him to perform the beating. On September 12th, Casey was ordered to undergo psychiatric evaluation at the Psychiatric Hospital of the University of Iowa. Two doctors examined him over the period of 17 days before concluding that he had an antisocial personality disorder. Um and was unlikely to benefit from any therapy or medical treatment, and that the behavior pattern was likely to bring him into repeated conflict with society. The doctors concluded that he was mentally competent to stand on trial, though. Um, It's just eerie how, like, hearing that now, that he would have repeated conflicts with society and that he would not benefit from therapy or medical treatment, it's like one of those things that just sends goosebumps, Mm -hmm. like, down your arms, because it's like... That's exactly what happened. What happened? Yeah. And did anyone pay attention to any of this? Or did anyone keep an eye on any of this? No. Of course not. No. Of course not. 33 boys. 33 victims. Oh, my God. That's... Oh, my God. I'm sick. That we know of. I mean, I don't know if he disposed of any other bodies in any other way than he said. And And we'll get to that. There is speculation. We'll get to that. Yeah. So, on November 7th, Gacy pleaded guilty only to the sodomy charge, continuing to say that the boy had, quote, offered himself, end quote, to him, and that he had, quote, acted out of curiosity, end quote. Doesn't mean that you, the adult, act on that. What the fuck? When the judge finally handed down the sentence, Gacy, at the age of 26, received 10 years at the Iowa State Reformatory for Men, the maximum time for such an offense at the time. 26? Yes, he was 26. Dude, I'm picturing like a 40-year-old man. No, what he's the 26 fuck? at this point. What the fuck? Yes. Oh, my sure. God. Shortly after Gacy entered prison, his wife divorced him on the grounds that he had violated their marriage vows. He never saw his wife or children again. Good. Yeah. Good. And I hope that those kids grew up to be well-adjusted and healthy and safe. And never know who their father is. Mm Mm-hmm. While Gacy, uh, sorry, while in prison, Gacy adhered to all the rules and stayed far away from trouble. He was a model prisoner, becoming the head cook and joining the inmate JC chapter. I wonder if he was really as, like, gregarious as, like, he's always, like, joining these little clubs and everybody's loving him and he's becoming super popular. I'm wondering if he's a sociopath. Well, definitely. <laughs> like, I don't I don't think that's a wonder. I think that's, like, well, uh, for definite. Well, you 
know how like people can be multifaceted and how like look at like look at like people will be like oh i had no idea they were so nice they were so great and like they just also were a pedophile or if like i'm wondering if this guy like genuinely fit in and was like also a pedophile or if he was like calculatingly like no i think he i mean antisocial personality disorder i don't know if it is the exact clinical term for sociopathy or psychopathy Mm. or if there's somehow linked in some sort of way i haven't read the dsm-5 is that what it is the i believe that's what it's called yes um but there there was um articles that i had read that said that antisocial personality disorder uh was linked with uh sociopathy so um i believe he was a sociopath i'd be safe in that uh assumption he also secured an increase in the inmates daily pay in the prison mess hall which i didn't know that the inmates got paid they do it's it's like whether you're it's like wherever you're working whether you're like not this is gonna sound old-timey but like whether you're like printing license plates or like orange is a new black they're like making underwear and shit like that yeah yeah um yeah you do get paid it's not like a you get paid in like prison exchange money no you get paid like 25 cents an hour and then that money you earn the money i'm not saying literally 25 cents an hour but you get paid very little and that money goes towards like commissary stuff like toothpaste and soap and razors and like things that you need chips like like nice to haves you can get like books and stuff depending on what the commissaries have but yeah it's they are grossly prisoners are grossly underpaid yes we haven't done an episode on it yet but we'll get there go ahead um but he secured an increase for the inmates daily pay so he did one good thing um and he also supervised several projects to improve conditions for inmates in the prison by the fall of 1969 gacy had overseen the installation of a miniature golf course in the prison recreation yard and was presented with a distinguished service award for his tireless efforts with the inmate jc chapter in february of 1970 even the sun shines on a dog's ass once in a while he keeps getting these fucking awards for being like a cool dude and and also he's getting these awards in prison and they know why he's there exactly uh 18 months after his conviction his parole was approved on June 18, 1970, Gacy left the confines of the prison gates and made his way back to his place of birth in Chicago, where he moved in with his mother. His father had died the previous year and got a job as a cook. Uh, of course he did. Yes. Um, after several months of living with his mother, Gacy bought the infamous 8213 West Somerdale Avenue. Just like he had been his whole life, Casey was an active member of his community, uh, which began with his neighbors. He was always friendly and willing to lend out a tool. Between 1974 and 1978, he hosted annual summer parties, which uh, were each devoted to a particular theme, the two most popular being um, his Western party and his luau. And these events were attended by up to 400 people, including politicians and business associates. He's like a suburb. A he's like he's like a suburban like Stepford husband, but like nobody, nobody knows like what this guy's life was like before he moved to this neighborhood. 
Like, I know we didn't have Google. I understand yeah. that. But you mean to tell you me to you're a politician, right? for example. I don't know if you had to register then. You have to now. But, like, yeah. nobody, like, he, you're a politician. You don't have people who are looking into who you are hanging out with, like, on your payroll, who, you are, who are looking into people you are hanging out with so that you I, don't I mean, get, like, I don't know, embroiled in a scandal. There is, um, I, d- I didn't go into his, um, what's it called, political career as much because he did a lot of work with the uh, Democratic Party. Um, of course. Yeah. Not so, because the Democrats are bad, but like, of course, that's going to be the next thing that everybody like rolls up now is like, well, you know, John Dwayne well, Gacy was a Democrat. Well, there's bumper stickers that say Ted Bundy was a Republican. There's also bumper stickers that say Gacy was a Democrat. So, see, see, you know, see? Like, there's shits on both sides. Exactly. Exactly. No, um, no party is perfect. Uh, yes. I don't I don't think I put this in, but I'm just I just pulled up the Wikipedia because I remember reading it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so funny. So <laughs> this is just from the Wikipedia. In 1975, Gacy was appointed director of Chicago's annual Polish Constitution Day Parade and the event. Uh. He would supervise until 1978. Through his work with the parade, Gacy met and was photographed with First Lady Rosalind Carter on May 6, 1978. <gasps> the event later became an embarrassment to the United States Secret Service. In the pictures, Gacy was wearing an S pin, indicating that he had been given special clearances. This is as he was murdering people. Like, A, 1978, was, 1978 he had murdered over 30 people. Not the Carters. They were... Yeah. Oh. There's also, a very famous Jimmy photo. Carter's doing well. Very famous photo of Rosalind Carter with uh, John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. What the actual fuck? Yes. Um. Anyway, back into what I was talking about. My spiel. Mm-hmm. Um. It wouldn't be long after his release before psychologists' predictions would come true, and Gacy would offend again. On February twelfth, nineteen seventy-one, Gacy was charged with sexually assaulting a teenage boy who claimed that. Uh, he had lured him into his car at Chicago's Greyhound bus terminal and driven him to his home where he had attempted to force the boy into sex. The court dismissed the complaint when the boy failed to appear. But as we know from the previous case where Gacy had to go to court, he mm-hmm. has a history of witness intimidation. Mm-hmm. So why did this boy fail to appear at court? Nobody wanted to really look into that. Like, you're not going to have questions. You're just going to be like, oh, you know, kids these days. They're kids just so always fickle. Running they'll, off. they'll, yeah, they'll just accuse somebody of a horrific act and then, you know, dip. Yeah. Kids Later these days. that year, on June 22nd, Casey was arrested and charged with aggravated sexual battery and reckless conduct. The arrest was in response to a complaint filed by a youth who claimed that Gacy had flashed a sheriff's badge, lured him into his car, and forced him to perform oral sex. These charges were dropped after the complainant attempted to blackmail Gacy. Somehow, the Iowa Parole Board never heard about these incidents, so when Gacy's parole ended that October, the records of Gacy's previous criminal convictions in Iowa were sealed. Oh my fucking God, you're kidding me. Yeah, courts don't talk to each other. People never talk to each other. And, like, (sighs) Yeah. What the fuck, man? Like... So the first, his first reoffending crime happened February 12th, 1971. Then the next one was June 22nd, 1971. In August of 1971, 
Casey got engaged to Carol Huff, Hoff, Hoff, who he dated briefly in high school. Carol and her two young daughters from a previous marriage moved into Gacy's house soon after the couple and was married July 1st, 1972. I'm sorry. Nobody talked about what he's been up to at the reunions. Like, Carol. You got to tell me there isn't some fucking busybody from your grade that doesn't know everyone's fucking business. Exactly. Oh, I fucking do. Her name is Redacted. Um, so the same year that he got engaged, Gacy established a part-time construction business, PDM Contractors. The initials PDM stood for Painting, Decorating, and Maintenance. Wow. Uh, he was still working as a cook during the day, but took on construction contracts in the evenings, starting with minor repair work, such as sign writing, pouring concrete, and redecorating. He later expanded to include projects such as interior design, remodeling, installation, assembly, and landscaping. So, like, big house renovos. Um, much of PDM's workforce consisted of high school students and young men in their late no. teens, early 20s. Yeah. This is where we're going towards. Gacy would often proposition his workers for sex or insist on sexual favors in return for acts such as lending his vehicles, financial assistance, or promotions. Gacy also claimed to own guns, once telling an employee, quote, do you know how easy it would be to get one of my guns and kill you and how easy it would be to get rid of the body? End quote. What? Yeah. How do people still work for him? I don't understand. Um, Nobody's would, that likable. Right. Uh, it would also be during this time of Gacy's rebound, his engagement, marriage, and new business that the murders first began. So I'm going to... I'm gonna ba- I'm gonna go back and forth between what's happening in Gacy's like personal life, uh, or what's happening in Gacy's personal life um, to everyone around him, and what's happening in his deep dark personal life in terms of the murders. Okay. Just to create like a consistent timeline. Um, this is where I'm gonna get through. Mm, I'm gonna get through like half of these, <laughs> and then we're gonna start with the other half in episode two. That's fine. Uh, like I said, there's 33. There is quite a lot to get through. No, um, and they the all very, deserve yes, their time. We're all saying everybody's exact name. There are some that I I tried to research as deeply as possible to find out who they were as people instead of just a number under Gacy's floorboards. Um, there, Unfortunately, there are still some unidentified victims, and there are some that as much as I could search, I couldn't find more than this is how they were murdered. This is where they were found. This is the day they went missing. Um, so if anyone has any further information, I will share it on our website and all of our socials. But this is what I have so far. So the first uh, victim is Timothy Jack McCoy. And on the night of January 2nd, 1972, 16-year-old Timothy was at the Chicago Greyhound bus station. He was going home to his father's house in Omaha, Nebraska, after spending the holidays in Eaton Rapids, Michigan. His connecting bus out of Chicago wasn't set to leave until noon the next day, so he had a long wait ahead of him. He was just going to hang out at the, the bus station. According to Gacy, he left a family party early that night and decided to drive downtown to view an ice sculpture display. That's when he said he saw McCoy and lured him into his car. The two drove around Chicago looking at the sights before Gacy offered to let McCoy stay at his house for the night until the bus left the next afternoon. According to Gacy, he woke the next morning to find McCoy standing in his bedroom doorway with a kitchen knife in his hand. Please. 
Casey jumped from his bed and McCoy raised both arms to surrender, in the process tilting the knife upwards and accidentally cutting Casey's forearm. Casey twisted the knife from McCoy's wrist, banged his head against the bedroom wall, kicked him against the dresser, and walked towards him. McCoy then kicked Casey in the stomach, doubling him over. Casey then grabbed McCoy, shouting, quote, motherfucker, I'll kill you, end quote. He then wrestled McCoy to the floor and stabbed him repeatedly in his chest as he straddled him. Okay, so this next part is going to be really unpleasantly gross. So. Glad I'm here for be it. Be forewarned. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's in, it's in every Gacy documentary. It's yeah. in every uh, book and article. So if you are familiar with John Wayne Gacy as uh, a phantom, then you, know you will coming. probably know what's coming. Yeah. So as McCoy lay dying, Gacy claimed he washed the knife in his bathroom, then went to the kitchen and saw an open carton of eggs and a slab of unsliced bacon on his kitchen table. McCoy had also set the table for two. He walked into Gacy's room to wake him while absentmindedly carrying the kitchen knife in his hand. Gacy buried McCoy in his crawl space and later covered his grave with a layer of concrete. In an interview several years after his arrest, Gacy said that immediately after killing McCoy, he felt, quote, totally drained, end quote. And this is uh, where it's very unpleasant. Uh, He noted that as he stabbed McCoy and he listened to the, quote, gurgulations, end quote, and gasping for air that he had experienced a mind-numbing orgasm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He added, quote, that's when I realized that death was the ultimate thrill, end quote. And it's like a really famous Gacy quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. This, so this is what we're dealing with. This is the first one. Yep. It doesn't get better. Doesn't get easier, that's for sure. No. no. So Not for uh, us. Flipping back to what was happening in his life outside of this, in mid-1973, Gacy quit his job as a cook so he could commit fully to his contracting business. That same year, Gacy and a teenage employee traveled to Florida to view a property Gacy had purchased. On the first night in Florida, Gacy raped the employee in the hotel room. After returning to Chicago, this employee drove to Gacy's house and beat him in his front yard. Gacy told his wife that he had been attacked for refusing to pay him for poor quality painting work. What the... Yeah. What? I I know. Bruh. So, our next victim is uh, still unidentified, known as Body 28, because he was the 28th body recovered on Gacy's property. Right. Uh, This man had brown hair, was approximately 5 foot 9 inches tall, 180 centimeters, and is estimated to be between the ages of 14 and 18. He was buried near Gacy's barbecue pit, possibly in 1975. He wore a silver ring on his left finger, suggesting that he may have been married. Gacy said that this murder took place around January 1974. He strangled the man to death and placed his body in a closet for some time before he could be buried. Still unidentified. There is, um, I will post, um a link and um, information on what you can do to help identify uh, these five unidentified people. Um, we'll get more into um, the identification process because uh, originally there were eight John Doe's and uh, three have been identified since 2011. So wow. there's still hope. 
Yeah, that's wonderful. So if you or someone you know is in the Chicago area during that time and are missing a loved one, look at the uh, the link that we'll post. I think it's just like the, is Cook County? I don't know. Uh, I'm going to scroll down real quick. Yeah, Cook County Sheriff website has um, the most up-to-date information on what you can do about submitting your DNA and um, getting these people identified and yeah. into um, correct graves and with their families. That's wonderful. So by 1975, Gacy had told his wife that he was bisexual after the couple had sex on Mother's Day that year, he informed her that this would be, quote, the last time, end quote, that they would ever have sex again. On Mother's Day? Yes. He what began spending fuck? most evenings away from the home, only to return in the early hours of the morning with the excuse that he had been working late or conducting business meetings. By this point, PDM was really like a booming business and he would easily be working 16 hours a day. Carol observed Gacy bringing teenage boys into his garage in the early hours and also found gay pornography and men's wallets and identification inside the house. When she confronted Gacy about these items and who they belonged to, he informed her angrily that it was none of her business. I am not blaming anybody because this is a very unique situation. Right. I just don't understand why you wouldn't go to the police in a situation like this i also wondered this however not not like like <coughs> carol's advocate you're living with a man who after your husband your husband after having sex with you on mother's day again i'm not quite over that yet um like this woman doesn't get a single day of peace he says we're not having sex anymore like hope it was good for you i bet he didn't even make her come i i hope it was good for you we're we're not doing this anymore like but i'm gonna keep fucking other people she's finding all of these wallets she's seeing him take young boys into the garage and knowing what's going on or whatever she's got two children that she has brought into this house that are not his i can see that she would be and also, he's having these barbecues, these luau's, these parties with politicians and like local leaders. He's shaking hands with fucking Rosalind Carter, for God's sakes. I can see how she might be afraid, not knowing who his connections are. I and assure what his influences, you, yeah. Yes. Like, I assure you that I think that she would be afraid, not just for herself, but for her kids and feel trapped, especially this is what year at this point? This was uh, 1975. 1975. I believe that is the year that women were first able to legally have their own credit card without their husband's permission. So, like, we are still very much not in a, like, pro... We're still not in a pro-woman, like, space. Yeah. But back then, it was a heavily, like... I I'm not saying that it wasn't... I'm not saying that she shouldn't have gone to the police, but I can see why she didn't. Does that make sense? Yeah. I can yeah. see I can see both sides. Like it would said, have been a very brave thing to do if she had. By just reading this, it seems like, of course you go to the fucking police, but also hindsight is twenty twenty. We know who John Wayne Gacy is at this point. He was just some fucking guy. Um, 
But I know situations are like this are nuanced, and obviously, I am not her. I'm not in her situation. I hope to never be. Yeah. Um, and so, also, we're not gonna sit here. This man was a monster. We're not gonna sit here and blame a woman for a man being a monster. Exactly. Like, no, 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 no. We'll blame the judicial system now. Yeah. And uh, what's his name? Scott Kirby says the CEO of United Airlines. Fuck that guy. Fuck Scott Kirby. John Scott Kirby. Not yeah, even. Yeah, that's oh. right. He thought Scott Fuck was tastier than John. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Anyway. <laughs> so it was around this time, too, that Gacy met 15-year-old Anthony Antonucci. Uh, some places say that Gacy hired him. Others say that they were working on a project together for the Democratic Party. Whatever the case. Gacy mm. first made his advances towards Antonucci, but backed off when the teen threatened to hit him with a chair. Good for him. Oh. Not too long after, Gacy went to the boy's house after he injured his foot, and the two drank a bottle of wine and watched a heterosexual porn. Uh, often referred to in these articles and uh, documentaries about Gacy as stag films. I don't like that at all. I hate it. I hate that. Uh, so Gacy tricked Antonucci into handcuffs. Again, this is going to come up several times uh and wrestled him to the floor but um antonucci was able to keep one hand loose so that when gacy believing that the younger man was left helpless went to undress him antonucci who was a very talented high school wrestler overpowered gacy once he had gacy on the ground antonucci handcuffed him but eventually let him go after gacy promised that he would never try to touch him again Antonucci later recalled that Gacy told him, quote, not only are you the only one who got out of the cuffs, you got them on me, end quote. Gacy never tried anything after that with Antonucci, and uh, Antonucci continued to work with him or for him, whatever the case was, for a year following the incident. Mm. That's... Jesus. Yeah. Um, the next victim is 18-year-old John Butkovich. On July 31st, 1975, he disappeared. He was an employee for Gacy's PDM contractors. Uh, and the day before he went missing, he had confronted Gacy over missing two weeks of pay. And this is okay. something Gacy would do often, just like not pay his employees. He was I'm a piece of not shit. surprised. Yeah. Uh, when questioned by the police, Gacy said Butkovich and two friends had arrived at his house demanding the overdue pay. But they had reached a compromise and all three had left. The next day is when Bukovic's prized car, a 1968 Dodge, was found parked near the corner of Sheridan and Lawrence with his jacket and wallet inside and the keys still in the ignition. Jeez. This would be extremely unusual for anyone, but specifically Butkovich, who loved his car. He loved taking care of it, racing it, working on it. His car was one of his main hobbies, and that's why he took the job with Gacy's contracting company. Oh he needed God. the money to fund his passion. Oh, honey. Yeah. Over the following three years, Bukovic's parents called police more than 100 times, urging them to investigate Gacy further. Because, yeah, this is the last guy that saw yeah. your kid. Like, yeah. there's something there. Once he was arrested, Gacy confessed that he had seen Bukovic leaving his car where it was found, um, and the two had left in Gacy's car back to his house, most likely to settle the payment issue. Mm. At the house, Gacy offered Bukovic a drink and then performed the handcuff trick rendering the young man powerless Ugh. so i'm gonna get back into this for a second but the handcuff trick if uh you aren't familiar with the john wayne gacy lore whatever mm. so he would do this thing where he would have a pair of handcuffs and he'd handcuff himself behind his back and then he would be able to get out of them 
and then he would uh, he would say that he was going to show another person this trick so he would handcuff them behind their back and the person would struggle and not be able to get out and he's like well the key like the the trick to this is you have to have the key and that's when he would what attack the them fuck yeah because he, he he would have the key like up his sleeve or something like that yeah it was pretty fucked up fucking gross so gacy said that he quote sat on the kid's chest for a while end quote before strangling him he stowed Bukovic's body in the garage before burying him when his wife and stepdaughters returned home earlier than expected. He ended up burying the young man's body under the concrete floor of the tool room extension of his garage in an empty space where he had initially intended to dra- dig a drain line. Oh my god. Yes. He's horrible. Yeah. In the summer of 1975, Casey picked up 18-year-old hitchhiker David Cram. And this guy is going to come up a couple of times, so remember this name. Mm-hmm. Cram began working for PDM and moved into the Gacy house. On August 22nd of that year, Gacy took Cram out for drinks for his 19th birthday. Uh, some articles said that at this time, Gacy was dressed as Pogo the Clown, which we'll get to in a Fucking second. Fucking creepy as shit. <clears throat> I hate this shit. Once back at home, Gacy showed Cram the handcuff trick, grabbed the cuffs by the chain, and swung Cram around, telling him he intended to rape him. Cram was able to kick Gacy in the face and free himself from the cuffs. A month later, Gacy appeared in Cram's doorway again, saying that he was going to rape him. Gacy said, quote, Dave, you really don't know who I am. Maybe it would be good if, if you give me what I want, end quote. Cram resisted, and Gacy eventually left, saying, quote, you ain't no fun, end quote. Cram uh-huh. moved out. Yeah. Cram moved out on October 5th of that year, but continued to do some odd jobs for PDM for more than two years after the incident. Oh, yes. honey. Yeah. Um, also in Gacy's personal life, following a heated argument when Carol failed to balance a checkbook correctly in October of 1975. So, uh, if you're thinking, what is this timeline? Yeah. This young boy, David Cram was living in the Gacy house while Gacy was married and had two stepdaughters. Oh, (laughs) so I don't know what the fuck is happening there. What is that dinner like? Um, yeah, so in October 1975, she asked Gacy for a divorce. He agreed. Good for her. And by mutual consent, she li- she continued to live at the West Somerdale house until February of 1976, when she and her daughters moved into their own apartment. A month later, on March 2nd, the Gacy's divorce, decreed upon the false grounds of Gacy's infidelity with women, was finalized. In late 1975 is also when Gacy joined a local clown cu- club and Pogo the Clown was created. Uh, I hate this part. Yes. Uh, he also performed as a different clown called Patches every once in a while. Yeah, I remember that. He created his own makeup and costumes for his characters and performed at numerous local parties, political functions, charitable events, and children's hospitals. On occasion, Gacy would briefly drink at a local bar after performing as either of his clown personas before returning home. He didn't really earn much money for his performances and later said that acting as a clown allowed him to, quote, regress into childhood, end quote. Oh, my God. Yeah. Nah. No, don't like it. Don't like it at all. Not one bit. Um, the next victim I don't have a ton of information on, Daryl Julius Sampson. Um, on April 6, 1976, one month after his divorce was finalized, Gacy abducted the 18-year-old Samson. And um, after that, 
don't have a lot of information. Only know that a section of cloth was found in his throat when his body was discovered under Gacy's dining room. <gasps> that's, that's the only only information I have oh on Oh my him. god. Yeah. Oh, this poor... Oh. Yeah. Uh, the next was two in the same day. Or at, around the same time. So just mm -hmm. five weeks later, on May 14th, 15-year-old Randall Reffitt uh, disappeared after coming home from a dentist appointment. His grandmother was the last person to see him that afternoon. Hours after Reffitt went missing, a friend of his, 14-year-old Samuel Stapleton, vanished as he walked home from his sister's apartment. Investigators believe that they were murdered on the same day because their bodies were found buried together in the crawl space. Yeah. Uh, uh, dude, what the fuck? Yeah. Just, just, what? Oh and, and the time between all of these are getting narrower and narrower. Oh, yeah. He's escalating. Yeah. So we had, especially after the divorce. So we had yeah. April 6th, two on May 14th. And then weeks later on June 3rd, 17-year-old Michael Bonin disappeared while waiting for a train from Chicago to Waukegan. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, to visit his stepfather's brother. Bonham was a bright boy who enjoyed woodworking and carpentry, and his last unfinished job was restoring an old jukebox. Gacy strangled Bonham with a rope and buried him under the spare bedroom. It's just, and, and these are the ones we know about, is the exactly. worst part. Like, and so that was June 3rd. June 13th, again, we're ramping up. It's getting oh, really close days. together. 16-year-old William Carroll, also known as Billy Jr., told his father that he would be home in an hour, uh, got in a dark-colored car with three to four older teens, left his uptown home, and was never seen again. Carroll was no stranger to trouble. At the age of nine, he was in a juvenile home for stealing a purse, and at age 11, he was caught with a gun. At the time of his disappearance, Carroll was allegedly making money by arranging meetings between teenage boys and adult Johns for a commission. That's alleged. Don't know if that's true. Again, doesn't make you uh, responsible for being murdered, especially you're 16 years old. No, exactly. Um, the next victim is another unidentified one um, known as Body 26. He was between 23 and 30 years old with medium dark brown hair and approximately five foot four inches tall or 160 centimeters. He had two missing upper front teeth, leading investigators to believe that he wore a denture. He was almost certainly murdered between June 13th and August 5th, 1976. But who he is, where he was taken from, is unknown. Oh, my God. This then is... we have, yeah, it just keeps going. Yeah. Uh, then we have 16-year-old James Hawkinson, who last spoke to his parents on the phone, possibly at Gacy's house on August 5th, 1976, to tell them that he had arrived in Chicago. He oh. had left his St. Paul, Minnesota home in search of a different life in a bigger city. He died of suffocation, and his body was found in the crawl space be beneath Body 26, so beneath the previous victim, and the next victim that we're going to talk about. These kids deserved so much more than this. Right. For 39 years, Hawkinson was identified as Body 24 because... Um, his dental records, which is what police used to identify all of the John Does at the time, didn't match. 
In 2011, his body and the bodies of the other unidentified were exhumed and new DNA test was taken. A nephew of Hawkinson came across the county's call out for information on the unidentified cases, and he convinced Hawkinson's brother and sister to submit DNA. The information submitted was, quote, an immediate hit, end quote, and body 24 became James Byron Hawkinson in July of, ni- July of 2017. I hope so, he rests in peace. A- an immediate hit, too. It, like I said, if there is any shadow of a doubt uh, of anything, like you know anyone that around this age range that went missing during this time, you can submit uh, information, you can submit DNA, and immediate hit. Like, it, it could be that easy. It could be go from Body 24 to James Byron Hawkinson. And, like, things like this, too. I mean, it just, it really, like, for example, I don't know certain, like, members of my family super well. How do you know that they don't know something and by submitting your DNA saying like, I, I don't really know this person very well, but like, well, that's I what, heard an inkling and blah, that's what like, kind of happened here. It was a nephew of Hawkinson that was like, he had heard about his uncle so much and was like, Hey, this timeline kind of matches up and yeah. like the age kind of matches and like what, what's there's no harm in trying. no, no. It's, and it could it's, be it could be something great. Exactly. And it's not a waste of like resources if that's like the fear here, because quite frankly, like identifying these people is the only is the job. Goal. So yeah. do whatever you can to try to identify them. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, our next victim, I don't have a lot of information on. Uh, that's 17 year old Rick Johnston, who was believed to have been murdered on August 6, 1976, after attending a concert at the Aragon Ballroom in Chicago. After that, we have Body 13, John Doe number three, as of right now, uh, was likely to have been murdered between August and October of 1976. He was between five foot nine inches and six foot two inches, or 180 through 190 centimeters. Um, He had long, dark brown, wavy hair and was between 17 and 22 years old. Uh, He suffered from an abscessed tooth and may have injured his third his left third rib months or years before his disappearance in 2018 an updated facial reconstruction was released to the media but he is still yet to be identified mm-hmm. and again go to the cook county sheriff website you can see all this information yeah next is body 21 uh estimated to be between the ages of 15 and 24 and approximately 5 foot 10 inches tall or 180 centimeters he had light brown hair He was buried directly above the body of William Carroll, indicating that this murder had occurred on or after June 13, 1976. It is theorized that Cram may have lived with Gacy at the time of this victim's death, so a possible date for this murder is between August 6th and August 20th, 1976, Mm -hmm. although investigators have not discounted the possibility that he could have been murdered later in 1976. So not a ton of information on him. Uh, the next two uh, friends, 16-year-old Kenneth Parker and 14-year-old, 14-year-old Michael Moreno, uh, were last seen on October 24th, 1976, near a restaurant close to where Gacy picked up several of his victims. Their bodies were found together in the crawl space, but Michael's mother never believed that to be true. 
Sherry Marino hmm. visited her son's grave for more than 30 years, but something always felt off. Quote, it was just a feeling you get when you're a mother. I put my hand on the grave and I'd feel cold. I didn't feel it was Michael in there. End quote. There was reason to raise questions. For one, some of the clothing found on the body did not match Michael's on the day that he went missing. An entry in the autopsy report also noted that Michael's collarbone had healed from a previous injury. Sherry said that her son had never suffered a broken collarbone. Additionally, DNA testing did not exist at the time, and identification was largely done, like I said, through dental records and also x-rays. Sherry submitted Michael's dental records shortly after Gacy was arrested, and authorities took 15 months to come back and say that Michael was, in fact, a victim. She recalled the day Michael went missing, saying at 2 p.m. he had made her a sandwich, said that he was off to a popular pinball arcade in the in the neighborhood, uh, again, a place where Gacy would go for victims. He mm. kissed her on the cheek and went out the door. She never believed that her son, a talented musician and lover of Led Zeppelin, would run away like the authorities had first told her. Right. In the fall of 2012, Michael's body was exhumed and DNA was taken from the skull and confirmed that the body was not a biological match to Sherry. Despite wow. this, yeah. The Cook County Sheriff's Office refuses to change the report and wants the lab that they normally use to repeat the test. What the fuck? Sheriff, yeah. Sheriff Thomas Dart says, quote, I sympathize with Mrs. Marino. I really do. But a death certificate has been issued in the name of Michael Marino, and we simply cannot change it without legitimate evidence from a credible DNA test. End quote. What more credibility could it have that it doesn't I, match with so his mother? I, I do not know how this DNA test was performed, who performed it. Um, I say if there's any question, run the test again, because if it comes up again, that it's a uh, negative for a match, then what are you going to do it? 10, 15 times. Bro, like, like what? Yeah, this is, this is so the ineptitude that we get to deal with. Exactly. So Dart went on to say that if a second test confirms that Michael's remains were misidentified, quote, we will try to find out whose DNA it is and what happened to this boy who has been missing for 30 years, end quote. Sherry has refused to give the investigators a saliva swab of her DNA because she has lost confidence in the authorities, but would be willing to work with a lab not affiliated with the sheriff's department. So as of right now, body 14 may still be a mystery. It Damn. might not be Michael Marino. Damn. Yeah. Oh, my God. Isn't that wild? Like, oh, Jesus. The very last victim I'm going to talk about today is William George Bundy. So two days after the last victims, uh, Kenneth Parker and Kenneth Ray Parker and possibly Michael Marino, possibly just Body 14 that we don't know yet. Mm -hmm. um, it was October 26, 1976, when... 19-year-old William Bundy disappeared after telling his family he was going to a party. He was suffocated and buried under Gacy's bedroom. Bundy was the first of the original eight John Doe's to be identified with DNA evidence in 2011. Bundy's brother and sister provided, inf provided information and DNA that led to the identification. His sister Laura remembers him as a good diver, a gymnast, and having plenty of friends, saying, quote, All my girlfriends wanted to date him. They didn't ever come over for me, only for him. End quote. Aww. Bundy had dropped out of school and started working as an electrician, so his family suspected that he may have worked for Gacy at some point. Oh, my God. Yes. So we're going to continue with um, the rest of these victims and what was going on in Gacy's life. We're going to talk about the investigation, the trial, um, 
what happened to his fucking house uh then we'll get into all the pop culture and everything in the next episode so i hope you guys are enjoying episode 300 yeah we i can't believe we've done we've like jesus john Wayne gacy has been on the list for so long uh he's obviously in our album artwork yes so uh yeah it was definitely one that has been like highly requested when are you guys doing Mm -hmm. it especially because we did like jeffrey dahmer and ted bundy so early um yeah this has just been a very big one to tackle and uh what better time to do it than episode 300 right absolutely sorry it's hard for me to be hyped about 300 when we've got like all this shit going on but like yeah yeah we got some we got some more shit to talk about next week um but this episode is coming out on uh july 4th so happy spirit day to anyone who's Ah, just like vibing we have much to celebrate we're we're recording i get two days off of work so all right that you can (laughs) celebrate but we're recording this on the if you're listening to this right now we've recorded this last friday and we all know what went down in the past 24 hours so yeah 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 america fuck yeah 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 um it's all right but we will power through we will power through this because quite frankly if you don't have hope then you don't really have anything America is made up of people, not a concept. People need to rise up. Let's get our shit together, people. In a in a non-January sixth kind of way. Um, But yeah, no, just just be kind. Just yeah. You know how you can be kind. You can be kind by rate, review, and subscribing. Girl, you can be so kind by doing that. Be so fucking for real right now. Come on, come on. you could also be so kind with all of the other kind people in our discord all right that's true we have a lovely little community we have a lovely there. little community we have people joining all the time it's a fun thing over there they all knew about my my travel woes it's before true. you did um yeah it's really really fun i love everybody over there we share pictures yeah. of our pets i post spoiler alerts on mondays uh we share our little arts and crafts recommendations mm-hmm. um oh and we post our palate cleansers. Our palate cleanser is uh, something at the end of the episode that is not true crime related that we're going to send you home with. And my palate cleanser for this week is any other airline besides United <laughs> Airlines. You want to have a good time in the skies? Delta. You want to have like I a roaring Delta. fun time? Jet Blue. You want to just have the time of your fucking life? You want to just do a cartwheel Spirit. down the aisle? <laughs> Southwest. Um, yeah uh anything but united airlines if you or someone you know uh works for united airlines please drop me a line i'm sorry i would love to speak with you uh i was hung up on after a three-hour hold and told i was rude so i had a similar experience when i got fucked over by JetBlue back in may i mean full disclosure i was rude but also i had been stuck in an airport for eight hours and then told i wasn't gonna leave for four days so yes i offered you a cot they offered me a cot in the airport and no compensation. I spent $105 on an Uber. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. No, 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 no. You and I are going to talk off mic because oh, Department we'll talk of Transportation doesn't wanna, allow a lot of shit. If you want to talk in the Discord about my woes, uh, come join us. Uh, you got to message us on any of our social media for the link to our Discord. You could also email us like our friend yeah. Alyssa did. Yeah. Hi, Alyssa. Hi, Alyssa. Um, 
it's crimeculturepod at gmail.com. Yes, If it you want to use one of our social medias, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and I think that's it, right? That's all I got. I always forget. Join our Patreon for as little as a dollar, as much as whatever you want. You can get episodes early. You can chat with us. You can vote on episodes like our patrons will vote on an episode that's coming out later this month. Mm-hmm. They voted Who's on our last this? episode. Ken Wax. Wax? Still they don't did. know. Wakes? Wax? Mm. I don't know. I still don't know who he is. But anyway. <laughs> uh, we're going to go. So, so is this guy. We're just doing a Chicago series. Uh, I'm going to go pet my cat and also turn the air conditioner back on. So I Good hope idea. you have a fucking great ass day. Yeah, be nice, be safe, get boosted. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We're getting a lot of smoke here, so wear a mask. Know your rights. Wear your mask. Yeah. Just be a good human and and, then fucking, I don't know. Drink water. Yeah. Um, Pee after sex. Um, Use a condom. Always Um, carry emergency cash, just in case. I'm trying to think. Um, Don't eat yellow snow. Never eat yellow snow. Mm mm. Mm mm. Um, it's not snow time. Mind your manners. Mind your own biscuits. Life will be gravy. Always take half first. Is this a divorce thing? Drugs. <gasps> oh! <laughs> okay, bye! Yeah, true. Bye! bye. <laughs>